years old and I'm flying back from college, uh, flying back from Indiana to Los Angeles, and I'm, I'm in an airport. I, first of all, I hate airports. There's too many people. I don't yeah. want to be around that many people. Uh, and so I intentionally choose, you know how every once in a while, if you're at gate 39, but gate 38 is oddly quiet because there's no plane yes. coming or going, you know? So yes. I was choosing to sit away from everybody because I have enough antisocial in me that I was like, I'm going to sit over here. It's, yeah. My plane's not leaving for an hour. I'm going to go sketch over here by myself. I go over there by myself yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm about 20 minutes into it. I'm drawing, you know, a proto version of Sheldon or Arthur or something. And the guy comes over and goes, uh, excuse me, do you mind if I pray over you? And I didn't know how to respond to that because I'm just antisocial enough that it caught me off guard. I'm like, uh, sure, yeah. sure, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was just sitting a- still, like holding my pencil. Like, uh, do I put the pencil down, Brad? Yeah. I don't know what to yeah. do in that situation. I, this has happened to me. I've been prayed over, and I the my first response is it, it's a weird phrase to pray over you. It's like, am I in the way? Do you need to pray around me? Do, if I step out of the way, can you just pray in do that you, direction? Do you, do you just need my carry-on baggage? Do I have to be involved? <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, it, it objectively, it is a good thing. They're, 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 it's not like they're coming up and kicking you in the shins, right? It's it's a very nice thing. They want. To do something nice, but at the end of the day, it's a non-consensual good deed. It's 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 a mitzvah, but it's a non-consensual mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and you also you're you're because I was I was intentionally sitting away from everybody, which probably is what what uh, clicked for them. They're like that person's alone and needs to be, you know, uh, I, who knows what their judgment was. But uh, yeah. for me. I was intentionally withdrawing because I didn't want to talk to anybody. And so it's not yeah. like I was being in, in any way rude to this person. I was going to be rude to anybody that walked up and talked to me in the sense that yeah. I didn't want to talk. And so I like, right. what do you do with your hands, Brad, while that's happening? What do you do with your hands? <laughs> this is, that's the thing. No one has trained you for this moment. There's, there's, no, it's not in any of the no, There's books. no social, like, uh, this is what you do when somebody comes up to you and does this to you. And you're like, I don't, do I sit, do I sit more upright? Do I, do I look away? I because I just had the thousand yard stare. I didn't know yeah. what to do. I, you don't. You don't know. All of a sudden, it's like being at a nudist colony for the first time. You don't know what. You don't know what to do with anything. You got no pockets. Uh, it, it, here's another question for you: Eyes open or eyes closed? <laughs> I, I, I up, don't know down. the answer. Yeah. I. 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 I, 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 I it's my person. I just started asking questions. I said, "Should we be facing east for this? Is there? Is there something that we need? Is. is, is am I okay where I am? Should I. Should I get different clothes? Uh, there's a lot of questions that well, come up with being prayed with, over. With my dog, if I put my hand out, he'll bring his head to my hand. You know, to get pet. Mm-hmm. So. Would it have been rude if I brought my head to the hands? Would that have been rude? <laughs> well, actually, your dog has never, obviously, never been beaten. There are some dogs. If you put your hand dog up, uh, if they've been beaten before, they'll recoil, and that's me. If you start to pre over me, I'll recoil. Well, there, listen, I say this. I say this as a religious guy. There's enough flavors of Christianity where I don't know what what my reaction, depending on what he was coming from. There's like yeah. 15 different ways, like hand. Hands closed, hands open, hands up, hands down. Yeah. Sign of the cross, no sign of the cross. Left-handed sign of the cross, right-handed sign of the cross. Uh, uh, you know, eyes closed, eyes closed, eyes open. Rejoinder yeah. of amen, no rejoinder of amen. You know that? Yeah. There's a thousand and, and, ways and you could respond an, to that. And you, yeah, you don't know what to do. Is this an amen denomination or an amen denomination? <laughs> or is there no? <laughs> or is, is, yeah. is it not the or right word at all? Like, you have no idea. Yeah. And so I... I 
I ended up just, it's weird that out of this interaction, I ended up feeling worse about it myself because I, I spent the next 20 minutes like, how was I supposed to respond? I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that moment. I've got the final question for this. Yes. You, you, somebody in an airport, somebody just came up to you and asked a prayer over you. Did you get on that plane? <laughs> oh, my God. What do you know that I don't know? <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten the hell. You know I would have been out of there. Brad, there's never been a better time to take a train from Chicago to Los Angeles. That's what <laughs> That's I say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about safely transiting across the ground and making comics. <laughs> and jumping on that train and making a living from comics, I'm Brad Geiger, the author of the Web Comics Handbook and the creator of Evil Inc. And I'm his pal Dave Keller, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Stripped. And this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So Dave, Dave, let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my friend. We've got a fun, full show for you. And just a reminder, the show is going out live to our comic lab live gab gang. Uh, they are watching the show streaming live and I'm waving to them. And there's also a concurrent chat off to the side. And we answer questions and comments before in the middle break and at the end of the show. So do join us over at patreon.com slash comic lab. And the show is archived every week. So if you miss the live strap, live strap, live strap, <laughs> the live strap, what is a live strap? That sounds like that sounds oh. like a German club that you don't want to walk into. Yeah, welcome to Livestrap. Um, so if you missed the live stream, are around back. <laughs> if you missed the live stream for any life lover learning, you can watch the archive there. And Bradley, what is our big topic for this week, my friend? Oh, this is this is really interesting. So uh, th this is what touched it off. Uh, what, what what actually touched it off is a couple of weeks ago you were talking about how you integrated Patreon into your website after I've been kind of encouraging you to do it for a little while. And uh, you integrated Patreon, put a little, put some of your uh, uh, content behind uh, Patreon access, and uh, we're focusing to a certain extent on exclusives. Right. And you increased your Patreon by 10%, right? Uh, and then I saw Scott, our friend Scott Kurtz, was on Twitter, uh, and this is his tweet from recently. Uh, I think this is from uh, 922. He says, 35 new patrons in the last couple of days. Thank you so much for embracing the new ToonHoundStudios.com and supporting my work. What did he do? Was it a magic hashtag? Did he discover one weird trick with his SEO or finding the perfect time for the algorithm? No, what he did was he did the same thing that you did, Dave. Changed his website. He incorporated Tuchecki just like you did and just like I do. Uh, used the Tuchecki CMS to integrate Patreon into his website, uh, put some of his archives, some of his content, uh, made them uh, uh, accessible through Patreon access, and uh, immediately saw a huge bump in, uh, in his Patreon, which brings me to this, and I want to see what you think about it. I think, I think it's time for us to realize that everything uh, that we thought about websites, uh, we might not, we might need to rethink websites. Maybe not only are websites not dead, uh, maybe they haven't died at all during those times that we were kind of not focusing on them. But I think it's time for us to start taking websites, individual websites seriously again. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there seems to be a lot of things pointing that way. One is that whenever I have um, sort of a survey of my patrons and how did you find Sheldon or Drive and yes. what made you decide to join Patreon for Sheldon and Drive? It's very rarely is it like, oh, I love reading it on Twitter or I don't can't get enough of it on Instagram, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. It's I really made a deep dive into your archives. And as a result, and especially with Drive, as a result of all like the features that you clearly have built into the site, uh, I'm joining you on Patreon. So, yeah, I agree with you. There's there. What's old is new again. And what's new is is what we started out with, which was websites. And it's interesting yeah. that in a world where uh, social media in various ways and in, in, in various um, technologies are a little bit failing individual artists, whether yes, it be Twitch yes. changing their payout streams or Instagram never bringing in a hot dollar or or <laughs> Twitter not having updated anything in 1980 <laughs> since 1985. Uh, uh, each one in its own way, you know, and Facebook bringing down democracies, they all are failing in different ways. Uh, <laughs> There's different ways of failing. They yes. all got their own failures, Brad. <laughs> yes. But, but uh, so each one failing them. And then in the meantime you know so you're yes we're all gaining audiences on social media but it seems to be that the way yeah. that you can translate an audience into a paying loving supporting member is still through a website and there's yeah. there, there's sort of a fascination in that in that um even the folks that are finding success on webtoons i think are ah. seeing to themselves you know this isn't quite the solution that i hoped it was going to be yeah. for my overall career and that's something I really wanted to make sure we talked about in this segment is that there's a whole bunch of particularly younger artists who are convinced that Webtoons is the only place that they could possibly post a webcomic. It's the yeah. only it's the only solution for them. They they literally don't even uh, take uh, the idea of having their own website seriously. And I got to tell you, from somebody who's been doing this for 20 years, I, I'll, I'll I'm convinced of this, Dave. You tell me what you think. Uh, tell me if you agree. It's not it's not that Webtoons came about because websites somehow had something uh, intrinsically wrong with them. Mm -hmm. The reason that we web cartoonists, and I think we did, uh, we web cartoonists lost a lot of ground to places like Webtoons and to Pastic, et cetera. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The reason we lost ground was not because websites don't work. It's because our websites didn't work. We dragged our feet on making our sites mobile responsive. In other words, the vertical scroll that we've talked about so many times, we dragged our feet making vertical scroll uh, appear when our users came to our websites on a mobile phone and we lost traffic. We lost users. We lost ground because of that. The reason that Webtoons and Topastic uh, swelled upwards and social media, the reason they swelled upwards is because they were mobile responsive. They were they were putting out content the way our users wanted to read them. We weren't and we lost ground as a result. Well, and also I think uh, the market didn't res hadn't responded well towards an entire group of kids that had grown up reading um, Japanese manga. You know, if you if you yeah. burn through all 100 issues of One Piece, but now you're 14 or 15. And so you go to Comics huh. Kingdom or you go to United Media or whatever, you know, whatever comics.com, whatever it is. Uh, and you're seeing 70 year old Blondie strips. That's not for you. Yeah. And so there was a market response. So another thing that they yeah. did well was they were 
responded well to an entire generation that w- the market had required or had been asking for a certain thing. And Webtoons and Tapas did it better than than even we did. And so that's just yeah. worth acknowledging. Yes. But anyway, so that doesn't change the issue at hand, though, which is that, um, yes, Webtoons has turned out to be an incredible growth engine for a lot of people. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I think both Brad and I would argue that even the money that that's generating from that massive web growth or Webtoons yeah. growth um, is is kind of not been sufficient compared right. to what still smaller audiences on a website are able to do to translate into book sales and to Patreon. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, Brad. I think what's old is new again with websites in terms of of being able to um, to monetize your audience base um, with your comic. Absolutely. And what that tells you. So what's the takeaway from from this is at least one of the main takeaways so far in this conversation is if you don't have a website for your comic, I want you to start moving in that direction. I want you to start going towards there. And I'm going to endorse very strongly to Checky T-O-O-C-H-E-K-E for a uh, for CMS. That's a content management system. Uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, uh, but uh, the other traditional ones, I don't think are being updated these days. I, I don't know that there's a lot of development being put behind them. And to checky is just uh, I, it's everything that I want a CMS to be. So if you don't have a website, I want you to start moving towards that. If you do have a website, I want you to maybe for the first time in five or 10 years, take a good hard look at what you're doing on that website. The first thing you need to do is make sure that your site is mobile responsive, that when somebody accesses your website using a cell phone, that they're getting a vertical scroll. And also, again, and this was one of the themes from the very early days of Comic Lab, if you're doing a webcomic website, the way we did it in 2005, you're absolutely mis- making a mistake, right? right? You need to think of that website as uh, with more landing page options there, with more points of entry, uh, with more uh, directing traffic. You need to think about that website very differently than we did in the early part of web comics. It's a different thing now. So if you've got a website, I want you to start re-looking at it, looking at it again for the first time because a lot has changed. And, you know, definitely if you haven't touched it in five years, as Brad said, um, that it is time to update it. And I think really, just to reiterate what we've been saying broadly, we are at a a new point of inflection for webcomics. And we've seen this a few times where in the sort of the first pass of webcomics, the people that were making a living or trying to were doing it with high margin items that were shippable for 20 year olds. So it was Mm T-shirts, it was tchotchkes, it was a small run books, right? And then advertising kicked in. And so everybody changed their entire website design to fit these very specific ad sizes. And there was four or five that that were common and you put ads where you could. And then uh, as advertising fell apart, we very luckily came at a time where Kickstarter and another distributed uh, fundraising site, Patreon, kicked in. That was yeah. great. But now I, I really do feel like the new era of web comics with uh, distributed fundraising is having Patreon incorporated into your site. And that's yes. I give Brad all credit for that, for steering me in that direction. The, having it incorporated into the site has been key for me. And it turns out key for Scott as well this week. Yeah. And, and I mean, so this is, this was a little bit predictable and we've always talked about the social medium pendulum swinging, 
right? We've always oh, just, talked about what, that. What was swinging? Just out of curiosity, what was, that, what was swinging? That, that, that pendulum. They're all that. <laughs> you made it that sound like a, like a medical part of a human body. Well, the problem is your the pendulum. pendulum. Is, the pendulum yeah, you is, may have uh, strained your pendulum. You've got an infected pendulum, and we're going to have to we're going to do have to do a pendulumectomy. So that's going to have to. <laughs> no, but I think, but because take a look at what's happened, and and part of this I, I, it was was planned, I think, by social media as as well. But I mean, I was talking to Dave before the show. When's the last time Twitter actually improved? its platform and the answer is when they that they uh, increase the character count it was the last time they made an actual improvement yeah. everything else that they've done on twitter has been trying to chase things that have been successful on instagram chase things that have been successful uh in crowdfunding yeah, like twitter they, blue tips for tweets that kind of stuff yeah tips for twitter all of that stuff uh, they're trying it, it, with all the money that Twitter has. It's, yeah. it's let's face it. It's the top one of the top social media platforms on the planet. They it, with the money that they have. It, it seems like they don't sink uh, so much as a nickel into a research and development because all they can do is look at uh, TikTok and say, well, we should be more like them. We'll take their R&D and try to adopt it. Uh, Twitter hasn't done anything to improve their platform. Neither has Facebook, really. Face All of Facebook's steam has been uh, towards trying to get you to pay to post. Instagram hasn't improved any, and it's been completely useless, in my opinion, from the start, and is never going to be useful. Uh, TikTok, at the end of the day, is kind of the same thing, but with video. Here's my and, and by the way, I, I've also got the same thing to say. You mentioned Comics Kingdom and Go Comics. When you go to Go Comics, speaking of websites that look like it's tw uh, 2005, Go Comics is still presenting comics as if it's 2005. Yeah. You won't see a yeah. single media uh, 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 vertical scroll. It's it's a terrible interface, right? Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> and 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 this is where we've got to be smarter. Uh, we've been let down by all of those platforms. We've yeah. been let down by Twitter. And an important note, we have yet to be let down in new ways. They will let down us down uh, us down more oh, in the future. Oh, I guarantee you, they're, they're right now, the one thing they're doing in terms of research and development <laughs> is finding new and improved ways to absolutely disappoint yeah. us as absolutely, users yeah. and as creators. So here's that. But that's that that's part of what's causing this pendulum swing, because mm -hmm. I guarantee you people are starting to get a little bit disappointed because of all these things. They're getting to be a little bit disappointed in their experience on yeah. social media. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is a great time to start reinforcing your messaging that, hey, yes, you can read this comic on Twitter. That's not going to change, at least for the uh, for a little while. But it's time to start reasserting that website as your central hub of all of your creations and to integrate Patreon to get some exclusive content on that Patreon, on that uh, website that you can access through Patreon. This is the time to start making those moves because the time I think is right for that. And I'm going to marry to this idea. The other thing that you can own and control like a website, the other thing you can own and control is a mailing list. And it's another yes. thing that's what's old is new again. I have yes. been continuously and slowly pushing my mailing list on Twitter and on Instagram. Every time I post a comic, it's I, mm -hmm. I do Brad's very clever messaging of, hey, the algorithm's not showing you everything that I'm giving you. Why don't you right. join me on my mailing list? 
And the I see it in the numbers. The people from mailing list, the people from my website, they they convert more to Kickstarter, they convert more to Patreon, and at the yep. end of the day, they get to see everything. And I own and control that audience. I'm not beholden to Instagram yes. or to Twitter or Facebook or TikTok because at some point, as Brad said, one of those will disappoint me in some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. so uh, I just want to say that as, as much as websites are old and new again. Gosh, so we're mailing this. It's a great, ownable, controllable thing that you can take action on. Yeah, and it's really easy to set up. I mean, I think you and I both use MailChimp. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 for and it you don't start paying for it until you start generating larger numbers. Which at that point, you know, let's face it, you should be investing a little bit mm-hmm. because again, you want MailChimp to be making money uh, because they are. It, by the way, not for nothing, not to be a lackey for MailChimp. Uh, they've made some incredible, impressive uh, improvements to what they do over the years that I've had them. Yeah. They've actually uh, upped their game really consistently. In terms of companies that have have offered more, yeah, they really have. <laughs> They've done an a, a, a impressive job in that regard. Uh, so, so yeah, you want them to make a little bit of money once you get your mailing list up there and, and, and we can actually handle that in pro tips, but there are some ways that you can manage your mailing list, but to, to do that and then take a look at your open rate, I think I'm getting a 42% open rate. I put a little itty bitty ad at the top that I can change out from week to week to kind of direct traffic and say, Hey, take a look at this new thing we're doing on Patreon, blah, blah. Here's a new e-comic you can get. Uh, I, I get really good results from that. Yeah. And, and just to put a for me to put a little emotional button on the idea that that social media will eventually disappoint us some way, shape or form. I think yes. the, the canary down the coal mine for how they will disappoint us, for me, at least, has always been with streamers because they're always like one yeah. step ahead of how the rest of social media has to deal with stuff. So both mm-hmm. with YouTube and with Twitch. The, the rate of emotional burnout, and we could, we got to be honest about this. I, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I don't watch Strit, Twitch, but I, I can just tell that the rate of burnout is so strong with like yeah. to the point of literally, Brad, almost life ending uh, uh, ideation in terms of some mm-hmm. of those folks that are working to the bone to get a new video up every day or new whatever the hell it is that YouTube wants for an increasingly uh, lower payout that Twitch and YouTube are offering. Uh, to me, that's the canary down the coal mine of what happens when you don't yeah. own and control your audiences. You'll get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until you can't make it work anymore for your business. And so own it with yeah. a website, own it with a mailing list, because if you're beholden to a big company, God, you, you're eventually they're going to screw you some way, shape or form. Form, they're going to get you. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunately the truth of the modern internet. Yeah. I think, I think we're finally getting to that pendulum swing. Uh, I think we're starting to see everything old is new again. And the, and the that, that, that may sound, uh, listen, change is always a little bit scary. We're going to talk about change in the second half of the show. Uh, it's always a little bit scary, but take it from a couple of guys that have seen a lot of changes go by. Yep. It's also a big, big opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, and Brad, speaking of opportunities, um, I want to talk to you about Patreon because uh, they have recently changed what has been a longstanding policy, which started with good reason, uh, but kind of never really made sense to the average consumer. Anyway, let me let me pitch you on it and then we'll talk about whether or not you're going to do it. So Patreon for for since their inception, one of the ways they tried to save money was we're going to charge the credit cards once a month. Bada bing, bada boom. It's going to be one hit to the credit card. So if you join on on January 1st or January 30th, you're still going to be charged on the 31st. And that'll be that. And look at we're 
saving because we're even though it's a microtransaction, it's, we're only doing it yeah. once, and so we save on costs, right? And right. I get it why they started out with everybody gets why they started out that way, but it kind of never made sense for the average subscription buying consumer. Because if yeah. I buy The Economist magazine on March 15th, I want my renewal to come up a year from now on March 15th. Not like, yeah. well, you subscribed in the first quarter, so you have to go all the way to the end of the first quarter. You know, that kind of thing. Where And that's kind of what Patreon was doing to the average consumer is, it doesn't matter when you signed up. You're going to be renewed on demand, and that's that. You know, I don't know why I'm doing right. a, what, what, what old <laughs> a dro- animation dro- Droopy character. dog. Yeah, that's was a, a droopy dog. Droopy oh, dog. Hello, I'm Droopy dog, head of HR for Patreon. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, so it kind of never made sense to the average person. And frankly, we all have had to play weird emotional games where we all had to up our output at the end of the month just to hope that people didn't uh, didn't uh, abandon us. Or we had to do you know, yes. special offers that were timed out in a certain time. But yes, what they've announced now is now going forward, when a person signs up on a date, that is the date of their renewal. That is the date of their credit card charge. That Mm -hmm. is the date when they would be ducking out if they decided to leave you. And so, Brad, my question to you is, and we can go over the details of it, but is this something that could intrigue Brad Geiger, who has traditionally not even been able to do pay up front? You've kept it as a pay up back, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. So one thing I want to just tweak in the wording there, uh, this is an opt-in uh, situation. Oh, yes, so yes. It's I'm not, sorry if I didn't mention that. Yes. It's not going to change uh, just yet. You will have uh, control over this and you yes. can opt into that kind of thing. Uh, and like you indicated, this has been a weird journey for me because I've held off on going to charge up front for a long, long time just because I, I was terrified of upsetting the apple cart and you uh, it, 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 in the same way that I was after you to integrate Patreon into your website, you've been after me to go charge up front for years. And I, and I actually have to admit uh, a month ago, I finally, I finally made the switch to charge up front. And I can very happily say that it hasn't had any adverse effects <laughs> that I can tell. Good, uh, good. So far, so good. I'm still a little bit superstitious about it, uh, but uh, it hasn't had in any adverse effects. And 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 actually, I mean, listen, the big problem with not doing uh, or the big problem with doing charge up front is that and the reason that I hesitated for so long is that in the last couple of days of the month, if somebody signs up and if you're not very clear in your messaging, and even let's face it, if you are clear, uh, I, I know from the welcome messages I send my Patreon backers, they don't read half that stuff. No, no. Right? Well, that's also human. Yeah. That's also human you yes. know, instruction yeah. manuals. I don't read half of them, you know. So as much as though you might be trying to concentrate on your messaging, here's what happens. They sign up on like the 27th and they get charged then. And then on the first of the following month, they get charged again and they get upset by that uh, right right and so i didn't do charge up front for a long time because i didn't want that situation to happen and also because for me it was such an easy fix if you got somebody like starting around the 25th of every month if so if you've got a new patreon backer and they're going through that process you get a little uh dialogue box that says hey here's a heads up you're going to get charged today and you're going to get charged at the first of the month. If you don't want that to happen, click this button. We'll send you an email reminding you to send up on the first of the month. Yeah, it's too and clever now, by half personally is what I'm thinking about that. Oh, 
I, I think it, you know me. I love all my ideas. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. <laughs> but that's what kept me from going to charge up front. I finally went to charge up front. Now I it, it so now that's that's off to the side. Now the question I've got to ask myself is: Do I want to change yet again and have? Here's here's my problem, and you can talk me through this. Uh, do I do this where people get paid uh, or, or people pay out on like the 15th and then that's their anniversary date and they get uh, charged on the 15th of every month? Right now, I like the way Patreon is set up because I get one. Everybody gets charged at the same time. I get one lump sum. That money comes into my bank account. I sit down at the first of the month. I write out all of my bills. I can budget very easily. I can mm-hmm. see any shortfalls as they're coming up Broad Street. I can budget. I, 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 all my bills are taken care of by like the fifth or the seventh of the month. Mm-hmm. Everything goes out, and then I know what I've got uh, to spend for the rest of the month in terms of my family, uh, and and that also helps with taxes and everything else. Now that money is going to drip in through the month, and I'm terrified at what that's going to do uh, to my budgeting. What are your thoughts? Well, that's that's a totally valid point. My my thinking was when I heard this was, oh, it's actually going to smooth out the drops that always happen in the first yeah. three days of the month, where it no matter who you are, yeah. you have sometimes between a one and in worst case scenario, like a 10% drop at the beginning of every month because people are like, yeah. oh, I have other expenses or, oh, I'm not really interested in doing this anymore. I would like to leave. And so every every beginning of every month, you kind of get this, oh, when you first log into Patreon because you've had this, yes. this drop off, right? My thought was, oh, the drop off will no longer exist. You'll kind of have a constant, low, continuous churn, which yes. will make more sense and might be better to budget to because you won't have these sudden cliff like drop offs, you know? Yes. And so I, I actually take your point as being really valid. It is. It does. Yeah. It has the potential. I don't want to say it does. It has the potential to make budgeting harder, but it might uh, have the potential of smoothing things out in the sense that you lost one two days later, you gain one rather than you lose yeah. 15 and it takes 15 days to gain those 15 back again. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also know logically that instead of like everybody getting charged and that money hits in one lump sum, it might be awkward for the first month of the transition, but then starting in the second month, that money is just going to drip in and accumulate and you can, it'll, it'll accumulate by the 30th. And then you can have that same bulk uh, outlay at the, uh, just the way you used to. In other words, it's just a question of watching all that money coming in on one day or watching that, uh, that bundle fill up slowly through the, through the month and then having it there at the end of the month. And it's probably just going to be the case where for the, if, if and when you initiate this, you're just going to have yeah. to budget for the worst case of 10, 15 percent less than you anticipated. You yeah. know what I mean? And just yeah. kind of see how it goes. Worst case scenario, you've built up a little bit of extra savings in that six months where you budgeted a little more savings. You know, you bought less pizza with the kids, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, but uh, so another thing that I want to talk to you about, Brad, is um, I, I think from a consumer level that this makes more sense, right? The average person coming in, this will intuitively make more sense oh. as to how they sign up, right? This was this yes. was an unnecessary confusion all along with Patreon. Yes. We all now get that. But here's my secondary question to you is that once you opt into this, and I haven't done mm-hmm. it yet for, for this reason, yeah. once you opt into this, it is permanent. You are then locked yep. into this system. You can't go back yeah. to doing the end of the month uh, charge-in uh, process. So for that 
a reason alone, not because I distrust the idea of this or the financials of this. I'm actually for, for it, as I just said. But mm -hmm. because it is so permanent, permanent yeah. being the word permanent, um, mm -hmm. because it's permanent, I, I have not yet made the switch. I can't basically I just want to see what the horror stories might be for the next three months, because, yeah. you know, yeah. it'll come out on Twitter if someone's like, oh, don't do it, because if you do it, then the dragons come out, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right, um, right. So uh, for me, I'm holding off on just a safe wait and see just because I've been on Patreon for, I don't know what, seven years, eight years now. And mm -hmm. I, I just want to make sure before I make this change. How about you? Is this is this something that you're going to wait and see or are you going to dive into? I, uh, well, so that whole permanent thing is another thing that kept me from switching to charge up front. Because right. as, as you remember, switching to charge up front was also a permanent change. You couldn't go back. Right. And so I've got that, too. But I've got to I've got to give credit to one of our Comic Lab Discord uh, 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 people. Uh, one of our Comic Lab community members in Discord made the following point. Uh, 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 their name is Radan. And listen to this. Uh, this is what they said. But if someone, I'm quoting, if someone joins on the 18th, do you really think they'll jot it down on the calendar? The new model has the potential to give you a Patreon longer than they wanted to stay because they say, I'll leave at some point, And then they, that they see they get charged, which means they'll stay for another month. In other words, instead of your patron knowing that they're going to get charged and recharged on the first of every month. Now it's this random date in the middle True. of the calendar True. and they don't necessarily know, or, you know, it's, it's like he says, uh, they're not going to write it down on the calendar. So you might keep that person for a couple months longer than you would have otherwise kept them. And when I read that, I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to change that. That <laughs> sounds that sounds like it's to my advantage. Well, and this is why I was always arguing with you about why you should switch to charge up front, because. You were always like the average consumer, if they join on the 28th and then they get billed again on the first, they're going to get mad at me. And yeah. I was always of the opinion, well, this is really bold of you, Brad, to assume that the average American consumer is paying attention to their credit card purchases in a savvy way, such that they're, uh -huh. they're noticing that it got charged within a three day period. The, I mean, look at credit card debt in the U.S. It's not like people are, are actively hovering over their the average person, I'm saying, are not actively hovering over their credit card, watching the billing cycles. Um, and so I agree with this with this thought that if someone joins on the 18th, you might ac accidentally get another month out of this. I yeah. do want to say, though, that um, if you opt into this and again, I have not done it because it's so permanent. But if you opt mm -hmm. into this, the original old, old school uh, patrons that you have will still stay yeah. on the uh, end of the month billing system. But yes. here's something to keep in mind. So you might be like, well, I'll still have that consistent billing every month the way I always right. had it. But if you have a one, two, three percent turnover, which is not at all extreme in Patreon, right? If you have a two percent turnover within a year or so, the majority of your patrons will be on this new day and date billing rather than end yeah. of the month billing. Um, I mean, I know the math is a little wiggly there, but you get where I'm yeah, going it, with this. Within that a sounds certain a lot like Geiger. That sounds like Geiger math <laughs> yeah, to me. But but your central point stands in that eventually it's going to that hit parity and then start to move the other way. So yeah. your central point stands, whether it happens in a year or not, I don't right. know. But you're you're absolutely right in that eventually this is going to this is going to have that effect. Uh, but I got to tell you, Dave, 
The, the two things are lining up. Number one, this is what consumers want and yes. this is what they expect. Yes. And this has caused a lot of problems with a double billing, right? Yes. Uh, joining on the 29th and then getting billed on the 28th. This is causing consumer problems. It's how a consumer expects a subscription to work. Yep. So it's it's what consumers want. And at the end of the day, it's what it's what a, a creator wants, because, again, <laughs> instead from a total Machiavellian point of view, uh, instead of having it predictable on the first every month, they've got to do they've got to pay a little bit more attention to cancel their subscription. And again, I know it makes me sound Machiavellian, but that works out better for creators, too. And also uh, one more nice altruistic thing that comes out of this is instead of the dog and pony show that a lot of artists did at the end of the month of look at all this stuff I'm giving you. Oh, here's seven more pieces of pie. Oh, look, I yeah, brought a pony yeah. for everybody. Da, 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 da. Now <laughs> what we're, what we're all going to be doing more and more if we switch to this model is consistent, good, significant, enjoyable updates. <sighs> Rather than yeah. a big dog and pony show in the last bit of the month, it'll be a more natural yeah. thing of how we should be reacting to our Patreon, which is consistent, significant, frequent, yeah. and satisfying yep. updates all yep. throughout the month. You get just as much satisfaction in the first week of the month as you do in the last week of the month. And so in that regard, both from a consumer expectation standpoint, like Brad just said, and a generalized uh, level of satisfying work and output from the artist approach, I think both of those angles point towards maybe we should all switch to this, even though I haven't done it yet. I'm just saying I haven't yep. done it yet, but I think it's yep. pointing towards that direction. Co-signed 100%. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, we get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah, listen, you can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts. Just leave a five-star review and a few kind words. That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful. Now, everybody, let's talk comics. Dave, I've got an update for you, and we're turning once again to Not Safe for Work Comics, one of my favorite uh, topics, and Tumblr. Tumblr, which... Uh, Tumblr, which its... surprisingly is still alive. Okay, keep <laughs> yeah, going. Just barely. Well, that's that's actually what we're going to talk about. Tumblr slit its own throat by getting rid of Not Safe for Work content and immediately, immediately dropped to about a twelfth of its valuation, uh, not to mention traffic. And just recently, there's been something uh, that's happened where they they basically they set up uh, community labels and it has a lot of people uh, right now this very day on Twitter saying that that Tumblr is bringing back not safe for work content uh, because wow. they've got community labels. One of the community labels is that uh, is sexual themes. You can, you can label your post as having sexual themes quoting from uh, Tumblr itself. Some examples of content that would require a community label would be fan art of your favorite ship engaging with each other in a very private moment. Uh, and so that's got a lot of, and there's, they're, they're using the terms like erotic and so forth, uh, with these community labels. And it's got a lot of people, uh, assuming 
that uh, Tumblr is bringing back not safe for work content. However, if you take a look at Tumblr's actual terms of service, the, the thing that actually counts, um, that terms of service has not changed. In other words, their terms of service is very much against any kind of not safe for work content. So one of two things is happening. Uh, they're they're either making this shift and they haven't updated their terms of service yet. The lawyers right. are still working on it. And that uh, TOS update is forthcoming or they're, they're trying to have it both ways. And uh, and that's going to lead, obviously, to confusion and bad things right now. My official take on this is to not assume that Tumblr is bringing back not safe for work comics or any kind of content in that regard, you cannot assume that yet. If, if, if it's something you want to keep your eye on, I understand that. But I, I got to ask you, I've got to ask my fellow not safe for work creators. First of all, I don't think it's coming back. But second of all, let's say it did. Let's say that that they that that tomorrow they updated their terms of service and uh, opened those floodgates up. Would you really go back to Tumblr after they wiped oh, the, the rug yeah. out from under you after after you spent all that time building audience there and got absolutely rug pulled? Would you actually go back and go and start doing that all again, knowing full well that you can and probably will get the rug pulled out from under you again? I don't. I. I, I that doesn't make sense to me. I. I <laughs> what do you? What, what, let's say that that you had. Let's let's take the not safe for work part out of it. But uh, let's say you had a platform that you had been absolutely thrown off of, and they said, "Hey, we're going to let uh, talking ducks back on our platform." Dave, would you ever go back to that platform? <laughs> I like how the swing that you had to make was to make it involve me. You're like, uh, talking ducks. If they, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, block yeah. talking ducks. Uh, no, here's the thing is that, boy, does this play into the conversation we were having before about what's old yes. and new again. Because yeah. this is another one that I always forget. It's actually the biggest rug pool that got pulled. But because it didn't, yeah. it didn't impact my world so much, I always forget about right. it. But... Boy, is this an example of how Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or Facebook could at some point absolutely pull the rug out from under you or Twitch or YouTube, depending on if you're a streamer. And so mm -hmm. uh, all the better to build your audience and own your audience. And so uh, I don't even need to know the details of this. I would wholeheartedly be like, take a big pass on Tumblr because they've already shown themselves to be an unfaithful platform for you, for your building your audience, maintaining your audience, monetizing your audience, servicing your audience. Uh, and so, no, the answer is no, don't go back to that. Right. That's, that's just self-evident, I would think, Brad. How about you? Would you go back, Brad? No, no, I would. I uh, Listen, Tum again, again, Tumblr is not going to offer me anything that I can't do on my own. That's that's the number one thing. That's 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 exactly what the last 20 years has shown us is that you can certainly use these things. But there's that. But but to use it to, to replace your website with it or something like that, it's not going to do anything that I can't do on my own. But. Just knowing full well that, I, again, I could start building over something over there that could be taken away again. Uh, I would never I would never put myself in that position again. It's just not a smart move. Yeah. And definitely, definitely, definitely don't build it as a foundational part of your business. Like Brad exactly. said, you can use it to drive an yes. audience elsewhere where you could own and control that audience. 
But it's like it's like my thoughts with Instagram is that don't rely on it. It's not going to bring you much, but you can try to build an audience such that you can drive them to your website, drive them to your yeah. mailing list, drive them to a place where you can own and control it. Um, but uh, anyway, how fascinating that that's even back on the table in terms of yeah. a consideration. It just shows it must have been. Was it? A, give me a bit of history. Was it just really good for NSFW creators at one point? Yeah. At one point, it was because uh, because of the way content got shared, you could build up a very impressive audience uh, if you had content that people wanted to uh, uh, wanted to see, wanted to enjoy. Uh, it was very good for audience building at one point. OK, uh, it was it was extraordinary. <laughs> but then they kicked off a whole chunk of their our creators who happened to be kind of a driving force, frankly, uh, and, and now I don't know, I, when's the last time you were, uh, you went to a Twitter site, uh, you know, you, you just, nobody's been back there. It's a ghost town for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Uh, so I can understand, by the way, stop one, one thought. And that is if I had been one of those artists who had built up a huge audience, I, I understand the temptation to go running back. I'm not, I'm not uh, making fun of that. I'm not saying that you're dumb or anything else. I, if I had built up a huge audience and I could see the opportunity to bring that back, I understand the temptation. It's just that you're I, it, in my mind, you're setting yourself up for another horrible disappointment. You here's my, uh, my, uh, the, the place, I end up with this at the very end is you've been living without Twitter or I'm sorry, you've been living without Tumblr for all this time. You've found yeah. different ways to replace it. Uh, I, if you go back, I, I think you're making a mistake. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to a topic that I wanted to jump into, Brad, uh, on word balloons of all things. Yeah. Um, I, I've been thinking about this, uh, of, I don't know why lately a lot. And I wanted to ask you, um, specifically, I wanted to ask you, which is the best kind of word balloon yeah. And why is it the squared circle? <laughs> now, are you talking about the squared circle or the rounded corner rectangle? That's <laughs> the rounded rectangle or the squared circle? Well, you know, it's funny. I don't call it a rounded rectangle because yeah. it doesn't there's there's no definition of rectangle that it meets. To me, it's more circular. Yeah. It's a squared off circle rather than uh -huh. a rounded rectangle because there's no squared off circle. There's no remnant piece of rectangleness to the shape once you round it off. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Because so you're saying that there is a square aspect to the circle, but not a rectangular aspect to the. To oh, the... oh, I see. No, you know what? I'm wrong, too. You can't call it yeah. a squared circle because there's no squareness to that. Because there's because that's yeah, that's that's part of it. I'm just looking right now to see what. Oh, so Clip Studio calls it a rounded balloon. Uh, oh, let's see. Is not... that the same? Yeah, that's. Yeah. OK, so Clip Studio refers to it as a rounded balloon. So well, actually, that's that's not bad nomenclature. Brad, if I draw a circle, that's a rounded balloon. If I draw an ellipsis, that's a rounded balloon. How, what yeah, the you're hell is right, that kind of right. language? <laughs> okay, well then so we're gonna we're gonna have caveat. to take a leadership position on this and come up with the definitive term for what this is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, let's just go into the saying the nomenclature is going to be wonky, but I think people will understand when I say that yeah. I have come to for most of my career. Uh, when I was drawing traditionally, I went to an architecture store and I bought yeah. those sheets of plastic. I don't know if you've ever seen these, Brad, where they had all differently sized ellipses 
that had yes. different. And then I got fancy. In fact, I probably dropped 50 bucks at one point on these at an architecture store back before yeah. architecture completely went um, computer aided design. Uh, right. Architects used to use all these little plastic things that they would draw onto their plans. Right. And one of them was a whole bunch of series of ellipses for I don't know what pools, uh, rounded yards, whatever it was. Or I don't know what the hell architects do. Anyway, I would buy them at architect <laughs> supply stores. <laughs> And so I have a big drawer of these plastic ellipses. Yeah. So for the first 10 years of my career, every word balloon was some version of ellipses. And every once in a while, yeah. I would modify it. And, uh, and obviously, I would use circles as well. I always hated square because a square yeah. or a rectangle only Mad Magazine used, and I never liked it. Yes. So it was always some version of a modified um, uh, ellipses. And then I will be honest, about 15 years ago, there's a couple of people in my life that started doing hand-drawn word mm. balloons where... The imperfection of the ellipses or the circle that they were drawing had some sort of pleasantness to it. You know what I mean? It had yeah. the imperfection added to the sort of feeling of the comic. And then there's also the possibility of using sort of uh, rounded 1950s sign shapes, you know, like a, a rounded yeah. triangle or that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But really... It's only been with the onset of digitally manipulated art, i.e. using yeah. a Wacom or drawing on a Cintiq or something like that, that we've seen this sort of either squared rectangle, or sorry, circled rectangle. <laughs> now I'm messing it up. Rounded rectangle or squared circle. And I think to me, we have, it is the perfect shape. That I wish we had always had it. I think we have a winner. I'm looking at the live stream right now, and Tom has, has, has indicated, and I've heard this too. Tom says, I've heard it called a squirkle. Sometimes <gasps> a squirkle, a square circle, squirkle, a squirkle. Oh, I both yes. like that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm vaguely, uh, I'm disgusted by what that sounds like. Squirkle, uh, squirkle, a squirkle. Excuse a me, sir. Your squirkle is, <laughs> you, you left your squirkle back there at the gate on the, uh, at the airport. <laughs> Doctor, I, I have a real problem. I've been squirkling. <laughs> Could you look at it for me? Um, so the, uh, squirkle, I do like that. Squirkle. Okay. Yeah, well, let's, squirkle. let's call it that. So with the caveat that we're all sort of under, under the, uh, shared understanding that this is a yeah. rounded rectangle right. that is not a rectangle there is no there is no flat side to it and it's yeah. not it's not a squared circle in the sense that nothing is being squared off per se it right. is a meeting in the middle of a rounded rectangle or a squared circle <laughs> or a squircle as my physician will now be calling it uh so uh, Something about this, Brad, is is just the thing that we've been waiting for for a hundred years in comics. It is the perfect shape in with a minimal design in a pleasant yeah. package that yeah. holds the maximum number of words pleasantly, don't you think? Yeah, I I I I am a dyed in the wool ellipse guy when it comes to word balloons. I, I very much like my ellipsic elliptical word balloons. Uh, but I, I've got a feeling at some point I'm probably going to switch. Uh, <laughs> I probably am going to uh, make the switch because there are so many advantages to yeah. a squircle. Uh, but I want to I want to just warn us uh, or warn our audience really quick uh, because the 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 uh, the temptation to go when you're doing something that's more rectangular is to have these very long hokey roll shaped yeah, don't word do that. balloons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. They've still got to be somewhat uh, uh, condensed. They can't go, they can't go spanning across the entire width of your panel. They, you still got to keep them uh, uh, not, I don't want, I, what's the right word? It's not squarish. It's got to, it's got to be. Uh, compact, uh, I think might be the word you're looking compact. for. Compact. Yes. Thanks. That's the word I'm looking for. They've got to like be still compact. compact. You know what I mean? The, yes. Yeah. 
because you don't want these long, long uh, hoagie shaped word balloons. But I, I got to tell you, even as somebody who's died in the wool as an ellipsis guy, I've got a feeling what's probably going to happen. I'll probably start it at the beginning of a new chapter so that the visual impact is less uh, as opposed to happening, you know, between page five and page six. But I'll, I'll probably make the switch. I'll probably have a little learning curve and then I'll probably uh, kick myself for not doing it sooner. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen because it happened to me is there will come a time when no matter how much you've edited and no matter how much you've you've tried different drawing angles for a panel, you're going to come to a panel that you can't get rid of any of this action. All this yeah. action has to happen in this panel and you can't trim down this text. Oh, you got to get all this text in here. And that's yeah. when the squircle is going to save your butt because an ellipses would cover up too much stuff. A yep. circle would yep. cover up too much stuff. But all oh, the squircle works perfect and it fits right in there and you get to keep all your action and you don't have to mm -hmm. edit any of the text and it all works out great. And then what's going to happen is slowly but surely the squircle will win over your heart and you'll start to use it more and more such that yeah. you'll get to the stage where I am now with drive, where when you do use a pure ellipses, it looks yeah. terrible. It looks like you have all this <laughs> wasted negative space on the edges and on the tops yeah. because a squircle is, Oh, it's so efficient, Brad. It's so efficient. It is. It is. Well, listen, first of all, if you've got wasted space at the top and bottom of your no, no, no. balloon, then no, you're... don't do that. I know what I'm doing. I don't have the unintentional wasted space. I'm using it to the best of my ability with <laughs> okay, ellipses. All right, don't all right, say I, I have it. wasted space because I don't know what I'm doing. It's not I, it. I'm I saying a back. squircle is better. It it's back. better. You have less negative space. I'm sure you're space. doing the best that you can. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but listen, I can I can totally see the advantages. I, I I but I still love my elliptical word balloons. But I but I know I I know because again, I, I knowing all the mistakes I've made, they all feel exactly like this one. I'm gonna resist it until I absolutely get kicked kicking and streaming, and then just like charge up front, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna say, what was the big deal? This is actually kind of better. <laughs> well, know? listen, you and I say this all the time: is that a lot of our career is like, for, for example. I used to drive around when I first dated my wife. I was driving around a 1986 Brown Buick Regal, right? And if I kept that thing, if it started great, I didn't pop yeah. the hood for anything. I'm not going to even look yes. in there because I don't want it to break down, right? Yep. And that's yep. sometimes how we approach our cartooning of what yeah. I got's working. I'm not touching anything because, <laughs> damn it, I don't want to break this thing down. It's, yeah. I got the car started. I'm going on the date. I'm not going to even look in the hood, right? Yeah. And that's to I, I'm, that you'll avoid doing an oil change, something that's good yes, for the car because yeah. you just don't want to mess with it. I don't even want to change the tires. They're bald as no. hell, but I yes. look at it's all roadworthy. It's fine. Yeah. Everything's yeah. fine. Get you, get you to where you're going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but that's kind of how we are with our cartooning sometimes is that. Yes. Um, and I'm the same way. That's why I'm not being judgy about this. Uh, yeah. I haven't made the switch from Photoshop to to CSP because I know Photoshop. Everything oh, works yeah. the way I want it to work right now yeah. in Photoshop, even though I know from a, a thousand voices that CSP is a better design program for cartooning. I'm still mm -hmm. on Photoshop. And yeah. so I get it when you say, like, I don't want to change this because I, I know it's it was it was only out of necessity that I made that first change. And that's why I say what's going to make you switch to a, a squircle when it comes yeah. is you're going to need to squeeze in that text and you're going to need to squeeze in that action. And the squircle is going to be there for you, Brad. It's going to oh. be the friend you needed in the time of need. <laughs> and then you're going to turn to it more and more. And then you're going to hate the wasted yeah. negative space of an ellipses after a while i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna convert to the squircle and i'm, I'm gonna look back uh, and see only one pair of footprints in the sand <laughs> <laughs> 
And that was when the squirkle carried you, my friend. Yeah. 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 No, and, and then what will happen, Brad, is then the people, you'll say, God, why did I ever use an ellipsis? What a weird negative yep. space that is. Yep. And then you'll have a dear friend accuse you of not knowing how to use an ellipsis right when you've been cartooning <laughs> for 25 years and you know damn well how to use an ellipsis, but you're trying to convince him to use a squirkle and he doesn't listen to you because he thinks you don't know how to use an ellipsis, even though you're an established cartoonist and you know what the hell you're doing. And it will hurt. It will hurt in your heart, Brad. It will sting. No, no. Listen, I don't. I don't. I don't want you to be upset. I, I, I got a feeling we've been talking about word balloons for too long. I, I want you to take some some deep breaths. Brad, if these tears mean anything to you, it means my heart has been hurt. I have feelings, Brad. I'm not made of stone. Huh. Brad. Oh. Anyway, so anyway, to finish off this thought, when you share a tip with a dear, dear friend and they come back and, and then accuse you of not knowing what the hell you're doing, and that's why you had to make this change, that's going to happen to you in your career, friends, yes. and I just want you to be ready for it because it hurts. It hurts when it oh happens and it doesn't get All right. easier. All right, that's it. I'm, ch I'm changing the subject. New topic, new topic. I'm changing the subject. I've got, I've got something that's going to take your mind off of this. This comes in from Rickard Jones. He, uh, he, they, uh, he does a comic called Two Guys and Guy, or it's at twogag.com, I think. Listen to this phrase and tell me if this isn't the most brilliant uh, conglomeration of words that you've ever heard. Uh, this was a uh, tweet from Rickard. Quote, I quit my job this year and now I live every day in blissful fear. Unquote. Oh. Is that not oh. the best description of what we do uh, that you've ever heard? Blissful. I, I, I uh, Blissful quit my day job fear. in 2012 and I've been for for 10 years. It's been blissful fear. There's no other word for it. It's bliss. It's blissful. It's absolutely blissful. I've never been happier in my life. Yeah, um, but, but I'm terrified at the same time. What is why? Why do we sign up for blissful fear? I mean, First of all, this is a perfect summation of a quote, and especially in two words. Ah, oh, the pithiness of it is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, it's absolutely blissful fear. I I, yeah. I choose every day to, to swim in this bliss. I love it. And every night I go to bed fearful that it's all going to fall apart or that I've done yes. something wrong or somehow I will knock this Jenga uh, built career <laughs> over and it's all going to fall apart. Or you're, you're going to change the oil on the Buick and it won't run anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I need my 1986 Brown Buick Regal to keep running, Brad. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, or do. God forbid, maybe the, the, the ellipses that I was kind of working through. All right. I thought I knew what I was doing. But then apparently I, I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. My friend told me that I was I was a jackass with a ellipses that I needed to work better at it that I didn't know what I was doing and now I've got a whole new way to feel bad about myself oh my god how did we get back to this I thought I finally because got us away hurts. from that it still hurts oh my god. Brad words can kill you think you can't hurt me you can hurt me uh, oh my god that's too funny no but blissful, too fear, funny. blissful fear is perfect because yeah. it, it is and, and listen on the average day uh, yeah. The bliss far outstrips the fear, right? That's why yeah. we keep going because yeah. the bliss outstrips the fear. But there are days where the fear outstrips the bliss, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, right now, my fear is outstripping my <laughs> bliss because I'm, I'm afraid we've run out of time for another episode of Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. Your hosts have been my former friend, Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the creator of Evil Ink at evil-comic.com. <laughs> and my 
a little bit sensitive friend, Dave Kellett, the co-director of the comics documentary Stripped and the cartoonist of the well-lettered Sheldon at SheldonComics.com and the awesomely typographically sufficient Drive at DriveComic.com. Well, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, so I'll say the Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. No, 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 no excuses. No, no permissions there. And this episode was edited by Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at www.woodsong.media. If you love Comic Lab, and if you'd like to replace me as co-host at some point, uh, just email Dave Kellett. He's taking <laughs> he's taking applications. And you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You may even hear your review featured on a future episode like this one. Listen to this, Dave. You're going to love it. Uh, this comes in from Apple Podcasts. Uh, this person says, I glean so much from you guys. Such a great friendship. <laughs> he hasn't, hasn't listened well, to today's was. show. It was a great friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I work in northern Alberta running heavy equipment in a mine. Oh, wow. And we're not allowed to have phones or anything. So I place all of your episodes on a USB stick and plug it into the radio's port. It's great when I backlog about five or six episodes. I get all the way through my shift. I also take notes. Uh, for later on your great advice. So Dave, uh, somewhere in a northern Alberta mine, somebody is listening to this. That, first of all, A, that's awesome. Thank you for the yeah. kind words, and thank you for putting that up on Apple Podcasts. That's fantastic. Second of all, isn't it kind of cool that uh, there's a giant caterpillar earth mover that has a USB stick that you can plug into it like that? I yeah. never would have thought that would exist. That's cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah what, whatever's happening down there, they're listening to us. And, of course, also don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify, where we are consistently just doing great over there uh, mainly thanks to the comic lab community so take if you haven't done it yet go over there and give us a five star review and keep that ball rolling and absolutely just remember that a small kindness as Brad will tell you can go a long way when you put five stars up there a little kindness in your day a little kind word for a friend that goes a long way so I'll say comic lab is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab so I'll go ahead and say that twice Patreon.com slash words hurt. <laughs> So now I'm imagining how you compliment your wife's cooking when you guys go to Costco and you get like a new set of pot and pans. And she's like, oh, yeah, I love these new pot and pans. They're amazing. Like, well, yeah, it's because you didn't know how to use the old pans. The old pans were, you know, you just needed to work harder with the old pans. I'm glad we got the new pans because clearly something was up with those old pans. I'm not saying it was you. It was probably the pans. Just the pans. I just. Just the idea that a part of you was like, Dave, you don't know how to use an ellipses. Well, the reason, Dave, you have negative space on your ellipses. God I swear to God, it. I, I swear to God, I didn't know we were talking about you. I did. I swear. I, if, if, we, if we're really gonna do, if we're really gonna do this, I didn't. I did not know we were talking about you. I was the biggest surprise of my life that you reacted that way because I, I thought we were talking, we were about, talking about that was anybody, named David and that was speaking else, to you across a microphone. Anybody was, else? I thought we were talking about David anybody that we were speaking to. That's what I 
want to know. <laughs> Anybody else?